Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey along with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. And you know, Christy, we've done lots of shows about a lot of different things. And you know, sometimes it always comes back to kind of the same things. It's how to get yourself out there, get motivated, get started with your life, right? Right. Get living it. Get living it. Then we talk about that all the time in most of the shows. And you found a little bit of a list that, and you know how we love lists. I we do, do love this. the list. And it's important because there's so many different perspectives, right? You can get all kinds of different, I don't know, ways of looking at things, even from a list. So you found a list by Rachel Marie Martin, right? Yeah, I had a listener sent me this list. Oh, did you? Okay. It's 10 ways to start seeing the little things in life. Yes. So I got to tell you, I never see the little things in life hardly anymore because of COVID. Because <laughs> the only thing I see is my carpet and my my <laughs> desk and nothing else, That's nothing funny. else. So it's good that we can talk about these things because it hopefully it's lifting and hopefully we'll be able to get back out there and enjoy each other's company soon enough. But to have kind of those things that put in our back pocket so then that way when we do get back out there we can appreciate it more right well, i think a lot of these things we can actually implement now now even even covid related stuff i think we can really try to see more of the little things because i mean how many people are spending more time with their kids and their family than they ever did before right and you know that's a little bit of the little things we're going to couple these <laughs> have to do with our kids or other people's kids in our case Again, another tool in the toolbox. It gives us another way of trying to look at things differently. Exactly. And that's the thing. You know, sometimes you can hear the same thing over and over again, but when you hear it tweak just a little, Mm -hmm. then it registers and like, oh, man, I've heard that a thousand times, but this way, I kind of give it, or implementing it in just a little different way. Well, we're not a one-size-fit-all kind of, you know, right radio show. We want everybody to take something away from this. And maybe you didn't get it on that last show that we kind of put it in a different way. And this time you might. And these are things that matter to us or, you know, if it didn't resonate with us, we wouldn't do it. So that's the thing, too. A lot of these things we struggle with or we wouldn't well, be sure. talking about them. But I think everybody struggles with them from time to time, if not all the time. I mean, and especially, like I say, right now in covid So let's talk about the 10 ways to start seeing the little things in life. And again, this is by Rachel Marie Martin. Well, number one is step back. A very important thing. I don't know how many times we try to push forward when the only thing we need to do is take a step back, right? right? Yes. You know, I I found the catchphrases of do more with less and give 110%, (laughs) those type of things. One of those things that in what I always told my staff and what I tell my friends now that are working and frustrated with working and is that the inbox is always full mm-hmm. and that, that is just is that is the american western way of business your inbox should always be full that's uh, the way why we're so productive it is frustrating but if you think that you're going to get that inbox done and it not be full again you know that's not going to happen because that's your manager's job is to keep your inbox full right whether well. it's conscious or not But it was interesting that the University of Lancaster found that we spend five hours a day on our mobile phones alone. I can see that. I do spend a lot of time on my iPad. And I spend more time on my phone than you do. Yeah, but I do spend a lot of time on the iPad. (laughs) But that's a do more with less and how we're keeping ourselves busy. Because that's a lot of this busy is not only just work busy, but 
so much of us, we, we're so used to being busy that we keep ourselves more busy than we have to. I agree with that. And I got to tell you, when we sit here and we kind of talk about this and you've got a lot of um, examples, but one of the things that I always sit there and think about, I spent a lot of time in COVID doing absolutely nothing but scrolling through YouTube videos, which by the way, you can look us up on YouTube if you want to, but you know, if you, I could have learned a language by now, (laughs) you know, instead of just watching nothing. (laughs) Right. I did in the beginning of COVID, I did get my entire house interior of my house that all the trim repainted and i got two rooms repainted and then i kind of lost a little here, so stuff. you're just that, bragging well, there took me two or three weeks and then i didn't paint anything else after that but i and i'm with you i mean how often do i, I need painting done at my house mm-hmm. how often do i have the opportunity to do that and but you know youtube was calling That's you right. know so <laughs> i totally right. get it back to all the workers the average worker gets 121 emails a day good Jeez. I think I got more, far more than that when I was actually working and did you really? job. Yeah, I bet I got twice that. I see. I didn't. I don't think I get that many. But I got to tell you, I do know people like my boss. She gets a ton of them yeah. because you're being cc'd on everything. Do I really need to be a part of this? <laughs> but sure, I can see that. Yeah, it, it was the bulk of my day was just going through and answering emails. emails. Yeah, oh or gosh. just deleting emails or forwarding them on to who they actually should go to. That's just ridiculous. It was. It was. It was ridiculous. One hundred and twenty-one emails yeah, on a average, day. On average, the average worker gets one hundred twenty-one emails a day. Somebody's out there screaming. I wish I only had one hundred twenty-one emails. <laughs> you know, and wow. we talked about five hours a day on our mobile phones. We said that we check our phones on average every twelve minutes or over eighty times a day. Man, I know I check my phone a lot. I don't even know. I, I bet you it's got to be at least that high. Yeah, I will say that we did a show a couple months ago. I'm not sure which one it was. And, and we talked about the cell phone usage and distractions and not staying in the moment and not paying attention to the person that's with you and all that. And I'll have to say, I do a much better job now bef- than before that show. Mm-hmm. I do plug my phone in, leave it in the other room. I don't take it into places with me now because that seems to be the easiest way for me not to get distracted by it as I just leave it in the car. And I have made a conscious effort to do that. So I am far less on my phone now than I was, you know, six months ago. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I know I brought this up in previous shows, but I remember a boss doing that, having a meeting with us, telling us about how he was going to be paying us less. As he was typing out things on his phone uh, through text messages with other people. Yeah, see, that's and, just rude. Yeah, I can't I'm, say I didn't. I haven't done that, but I, that's rude. And now it's almost common yeah. to where you're doing this and this together, and it's like, and I'm a firm believer in you can't multitask in the same moment. Yeah, there's. We should probably do a show on that because when it comes to multitasking, it shows that it actually takes you longer. To finish mm-hmm. anything when you multitask. Absolutely. So there you go. There, or every 12 minutes, you check your phone 80 times a day. Yep. On wow. average. Wow. And Stress Pulse uh, survey said that almost 60% of employees reported being in high-stress categories. I can see that. I think that's true, too. I, think I don't care what job you're at. Yep. Again, because your inbox is always full, partially. Mm-hmm. You don't, I don't know if some people think that, that they're not being doing a good job if they're not stressed out. You know, you know what? That could be part of it. And yeah. I mean, how often does your boss always got to have something for you to do? The, I'm not saying that work was always like this, or maybe it has changed over the years, but 
I don't understand when you work eight hours that you have to work a solid eight hours on everything that comes through the door. Yeah. I mean, you don't have any time to decompress from that. I mean, I remember going to a fast food restaurant the other day, and it, this place is imploding. There's so many you know, people in there, but how that's got to be stressful. Yeah, dealing oh, it with has that. To be. It has to be, and more with less. And like we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, well, you need to give 110. percent That's just not practical. Yeah, that's just not. you know, and that gets us to the next one of that. 85.8% of males and 66.5% of females work over 40 hours a week. I know I did. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that I worked a 40-hour week. Um, I, I but, don't know of anybody that does yeah. that. I mean, currently my wife doesn't. I mean, she works over 40 hours a week. Yeah. I, I don't know if I work always over 40 hours a week, but when things are due, when things have to get done, you end up doing that. And if that's like an every week thing, that's scary. Even when I wasn't at work, I was constantly getting phone calls. Well, sure. I mean, how many people do you yeah. see on vacations? I mean, you've seen me do it. Yeah. I've been on the computer while yeah. I'm on vacation. Yeah, exactly. So having to go to McDonald's to get Wi-Fi. Exactly. To fire up the computer to do something. Because it has to be done. And you're the only person that knows how to do it or whatever the case may be. Exactly. And that's the world we live in. Yep. That's why it's good to go out of the country because that doesn't happen. <laughs> You don't take your when you're when you're hiking. You're not carrying your computer. <laughs> Could you see that in the Alps? Stop! Stop! Got to get on work. <laughs> well, I I've, I've met people that are hiking and they actually have their little the little Apple ones. But I've met more than one person out in the middle of nowhere and they have an app, little Apple computer. Really? Yeah. Wow. No, not doing that. <laughs> um, and compared to other countries, Americans work 137 more hours than the Japanese. 260 more hours than the Brits and 499 more hours than the French. Wow. Okay. So we, and I got to tell you, I would have not guessed with the Japanese. I thought it would have been either right about the same or maybe even lower (laughs) because their culture is about the company, but apparently it's not as much as ours. (laughs) Well, it's about the family. You know, it's a very communal country, so it is also about the family and spending time with the family and Mm. and those type of things. But the U.S. is the most overworked developed country in the world. Well, And there's not a person that doesn't feel overworked, especially now or even 20 years ago. I mean, has it really changed? I don't think so. If not, it's gotten... I think it's probably gotten worse. Worse, yeah. Right. But, you know, we said that, you know, some people purposely fill up their life so full with work or with home or with tasks or whatever uh, whole show and the fact that some people just don't want to be alone and can't be alone mm. and so they fill their life up so much and they're so busy but when you're so busy you know that whole stop and smell the roses thing you can't stop and smell the roses if you're constantly working towards that next thing or or moving towards that next whatever it is you're so busy you can't enjoy the moment well yeah i mean think about some of these folks that go on vacation for a week and they've got Something jam packed, ten hours of the of the day. I mean, you don't you're, you're not decompressing. It's just another job. <laughs> well, that is that's the truth, though. Yeah, that is that is absolute truth. But those little things in life that are really embedded in our busy. But in order to see them, you really have to stop. Right, that mm-hmm. again, stopping to smell the roses, breathing in the moment, and see outside of that busy. And I, it, a lot of folks, man, are going to have trouble with that. But I think it's important. You got to take it in baby steps. I mean, you just didn't jump on this train that goes 500 miles per hour. You, 
Sometimes you just got to take moment by moment and try to back away from that. Well, and Rachel had quoted it saying as, allow yourself to move away from the race and to instead see the simple. That was what she was saying. I like that. And that's sometimes the most simple is really the most powerful. Isn't it though? It is. I mean, that those little things. I could tell you them. You know, the, we talk about the hiking. When I get out on these hikes, it usually takes me about a week to really decompress and get away from the normal hustle and bustle and uh, thinking process and and everything. And but once that takes place and takes hold, and I'm like in that moment, and really all you ever have to worry about is where am I going to get food mm-hmm. and where am I going to stay tonight? When life gets broken down into that very simple thing. You, the colors are brighter. The the smells are better. I mean, every you can hear birds. You know, you can hear things. You can smell things that we just never would. We, that here I don't see or smell. Right, and I got to tell you, I I know that we talk about camping. For me, mm-hmm. that's my decompression. And think about that. Whatever that is for you, and you want to get away, whether it's camping, hiking, going on a vacation, it doesn't matter. You, just to be able to decompress. Take a step back because I guarantee you, you're going to buy something. It's going to be delivered to your house. And then six months later, you're not even going to remember you got it. A week later. Yeah, a week later. <laughs> right. But something to invest into a memory like that, like a hike, a, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's a real true investment exactly. because you, you're going to remember that. So, yeah, take a step back. That's all you need to do is take a step back. Is I know it's hard. It We've is all hard. been there. But... Man, allow yourself to be able to get to the simple. And we talked in uh, previous shows about research that says that the product, the anything, the tangible thing that we buy actually depreciates literally. Mm-hmm. But in our mind, it does as well. But those experiences that we have actually gain strength. And those are the good old times that we oh, remember. Yes. And the brain actually functions that way. But we so overlook the simple and the frantic pace that we live every day of our life. Absolutely. I mean, granted, I would love to have a big house on a hill. But do I want the the mess, the challenges, everything that right. comes with it? Uh, the second one on her list is celebrate normal. Again, this is very similar to what we're talking about, about the finding value in the simple, right? Right. Celebrate the normal. Uh, It really means taking care of your here and your now. And if you focus on the there, you're you're never going to appreciate the here. Right. did a whole show about that. And that is so true. You you had said one time about how to find the new and the familiar. I think this is true of celebrating the normal, finding new, exciting things in everyday normal. I think that's a really good way of starting out, of trying to get out of that bubble. I mean, think about the things that we're not grateful for. You have a beautiful home. You have uh, kids that are in sports, whatever. I mean, you know, insert whatever here. Mm -hmm. And it's just normal. It's boring. It's this. But is it? You know, how are you celebrating that? You wanted this. You worked hard to achieve it. And yeah. now you're just like, ugh. Right. It's, not, it's never good enough. Because we the, as Americans, we just want the bigger and the better. You know, if you turn on your TV, everything you have, there's yep. a new one of it. Exactly. You know, somebody already has a bigger pool than you. So, I mean, what, what right. difference does it make? And you, if you live there, you never have gratitude for what you have. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I and I get it. And then this is... I think a real crucial part is when we do not find or appreciate the normal, 
then debt becomes normal, right? You know, right, and that that's kind of when I was, I kind of got this along when I was researching stuff, and this this is what I added, but. You know, we are a society of debt. Mm-hmm. Debt is expensive, and debt has become the norm. Right. People are completely okay. You know, we deliver Amazon packages sometimes, right? We delivered. We looked it up the other day of how much of these apartments cost. Oh, you know, one bedroom gosh. apartments that are costing two thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely insane. You you are not getting ahead. I don't care how much money you make by doing that, and. That those things that we've created to be normal are the things that are just literally killing us. Mm-hmm. They're stressing us. They're overworking us. We're thinking that the bigger and the better. You know, I got a. I've got my iPhone eight works just fine. No, I don't need a twelve. Right. You know, instant gratification rather than waiting for the right fit. You know, that is another common problem. We constantly want right. The bigger, the better, the better. I think it's important that people hear that it instant gratification than waiting for the right fit. We're not saying wait forever, but why do you have to have it now? And that's always my question when people, I have to have it now. Well, why? Nobody can ever answer that because, well, why? Because you have that instant gratification. You get to, it's it's like an addiction, I guess, like anything else. You get to pull the lever and see the wheel spin and hopefully you hit big. I don't know. Well, but and you're paying a fortune for it. You're you paying know? a fortune. And even those people that say, well, I, I need to get this now because it's on sale. Yeah, I love the sale. And then sale. they charge it. <laughs> and then you've paid, again, twice as much for it where if you just would have kind of waited, exactly. you could have paid cash for it, even at real price, and you still would have saved money. And you may have gotten a better model out of it, too. Right. I mean, there that's what kills me, too, is like I had to have it now. You you paid on this thing for nine years. Hell, they've had greater <laughs> inventions since then. Right. So. Exactly. Well, yeah, by the time you pay for it, you don't even have it anymore. <laughs> right. It's true. It's sad, but it's true. And we've kind of all been there. I mean, and oh, I know yeah. that when you're younger, kind of you have to do debt. You know, you have to have the house payment. You have to have the car payment. You're not, you don't have as much saved. You're not making as much money. I, I get that. I was there. But, you know, if you're 50, if you're 60, you, you know, and you still got $70,000 worth of credit card debt. Or twenty thousand dollars worth of credit card debt—that's problem. Yeah, that, well, and I got to tell you, this and is that's a, normal. Yeah, that is very normal. And I promise you, this is another thing that I've heard too. Well, this is once in a lifetime. There is no such thing anymore. Right. We have people that make products. What is the average Walmart having it? Ninety thousand products in it. There's yeah. no such thing as a once in a lifetime deal. Right. There cannot be. And I promise you, 700 car dealerships in your city, and they're not swinging deals. Right. It does not happen. So there is no such thing as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Because that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity is going to come around eh, every three months. Yeah, tomorrow. (laughs) They need to sell more product. Right, exactly. But it works. It does. And people get in debt, and debt has become normal. And I, I added that, that because... A lot of people just don't realize how much money their debt is costing them. Oh. And it's, it's a fortune. You could make a house payment on what people are paying just on the interest in their credit cards. Yep. Yep. You sure can. So there you go. I mean, it, try, to, try to get into that celebrating the norm. Right. And Be- celebrating the place of gratitude. Yeah. For what you have. And I'm, then once you have gratitude for what you have, maybe you need a new one. Maybe you don't. You know, I mean, if you've got an iPhone 6, then you might not need a new phone. <laughs> But, you know, if you've got an 11, you don't need a 12. 
And again, I'm it, it, when we're talking about celebrating the norms, think about when you were a kid, the things that really excited you, your grandmother's yeast rolls or, right. you know, your mom's meatloaf or whatever. Those were the simple things that you remember that you have carried into your adulthood and now you're the only thing that you want is an iPhone eight. No, this ain't, ten years from now you're not going to remember that iPhone twelve or thirty eight or whatever number is going to come out with. It doesn't matter. But right. something that you can invest in again, a memory or the norm of your life that you've worked very hard to achieve. Then enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, you've worked hard for it. Exactly. Uh, the third is watch your kids. I don't have that problem. Yeah, I don't have that problem either. But, so let's just say to watch kids, all right? That'd be kind of creepy. (laughs) Because the kids see the details in life, right? They don't see the differences, but the similarities. They can learn based on the curiosity, right? Everything is new to them. That's true. Things that we think are pretty just average every day, everybody knows it. They're excited about they're, it. Yeah, they're excited about it. And we're like, oh, yeah, whatever. I and mean, how no, many kids jump on their bike like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. I mean, and it, I was a big bike rider as a kid, and that was, it, the whole world was open to you then. Oh, sure. Remember yeah. when you could go over to the next street, and that, that might as well have been a different country. You and know? drive. And I remember oh. when you could drive. Then you oh, go, yeah, then, then you have people go with you. you oh, yeah. You got the, the radio right. going and everything like that. But yes, you're right. I mean, enjoy watching your kids. Again, I can't speak to this personally, but I've been around nieces and nephews and mm-hmm. it is interesting to watch them learn stuff that, and my favorite one is when they think a song is brand new, but it's been written back in the thirties. I always go. think it's that's sw- what... sung by 20 different people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because we do expect them to ask questions. Sure. Right? And we don't expect them to have all the answers. But no. then I don't know what age we hit that we're expected to have all the answers and we're expected to not ask questions anymore. <laughs> that's just not realistic. You know, that's, again, one thing we've talked about. The, the more education that I got, the more I realized I didn't know and the more it made it okay that I didn't know it. Mm. When I was early in my education, then I was, like, really defensive that I didn't know something. Now it's like yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I don't know much really, and that, and but it's okay, right? But it's okay for kids to not know things and to ask questions. We need to take a little bit of that, and we need to be okay with not knowing, asking questions, and not feeling stupid because we don't know something. Nobody yeah. knows everything. That's impossible to know everything, especially something that you know a lot about. Yeah, I mean. It, how many astrophysicists knows everything about the universe? Very little. Right. And I think that that's kind of the point. Exactly. That, yeah. It's about discovery. Exactly. And, you know, they know what they like to do. They, they have fun. Um, how many of us have lost that, right? Yeah. The show with Mary Prevalonis that we did on Have Fun. about The whole show is about how do we get back into having fun because we've lost that. What are those things that excited you as a kid? You know, obviously we're grown-up adults. Maybe some of them don't aren't applicable anymore but a lot of them still are you just lost it and maybe you think it's stupid to do it whatever it is you know coloring adult coloring books are a thing now Mm -hmm. somebody decided that coloring as an adult was okay what did you like to do as a kid that you know would be fun for you that you can experience and be more childlike well and i think that for me at least i think we spend too much time thinking about fun 
Hmm. Because in our minds, our fun is that vacation we're going to take in a year and a half. That fun is going to be that new car that we're going to buy when this lease goes out. You you know what I'm saying? I think we spend too much time thinking about the fun instead of actually having the fun. Whatever that fun is, you know. So, and we've talked about this, and especially you, that what is it about whatever it is that you want to do is the most important part. Because if you break things down, like that vacation that you want to take to Acapulco, what do you really need to go to Acapulco? Then you start breaking it down, and it's like, no, I just really want to spend time with my family on a beach. Well, Myrtle Beach may not be that far. You might live in California, you know? So well, you talked about in a couple of shows that we go to France Park, and they have a really nice beach. They have a really it's nice a if you live here in Indiana. north of Indianapolis. Yeah. So, I mean, there are things that you can do to actually kind of get you where you need to go. I mean, again, you may not be able to go to France, but you can go to France, Indiana, or wherever, (laughs) you know, I mean... No, that's a great point. So, I I think spending a little bit less time thinking about your fun, a little bit more time actually experiencing parts of it, I I think think might help. And finding alternatives. Yes, the alternatives, I think, is really the key. Because, you know, sometimes it's just out of our reach to go, you know, one day I'm going to go to France. Well, that, and I'm not saying it won't, right. but what is, what is it about France that's so important to you? I mean, maybe they have an exhibit of French art. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. And maybe take a French cooking class. Or whatever, you know, but it's just like maybe you can't get there, but yeah. you can get an essence of there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great point. Uh, kids are honest and they don't do fake. Isn't that true? <laughs> true. So we could live a little bit more of that. Uh, small things make them happy. And they see those small things. Again, back to... I know, ice cream. (laughs) They're not afraid to try new things. And really, how many times has that stopped us, right? We don't try something new because we're going to look stupid. I know I do that. I don't want to look stupid. And I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing or whatever. Or maybe I can't do it and then somebody's going to realize I can't do it. And I get caught in that. Mm -hmm. And I miss out on a ton of for those reasons. And that's just silly. <laughs> I know, agree with I, that. I couldn't do anything till I did it the first time. So why are we so afraid to try things for the first time? I agree with it. I, I think just getting out there and trying new things might. I mean, not everything's for everybody, but right. certainly don't be afraid to try them. I mean, and I promise you, there is going to be somebody around that will be more than happy to show you how to do whatever it is that you want to try. That's exactly right. They accept change. Boy, mm-hmm. we fight that, don't we? Yeah, you know, I, every day. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> And I think the next one was great. Is they like dogs are able to forgive. That's Boy, true. don't we get caught that in as an adult too of refusing to forgive? Oh, refuse. I mean, uh, it, it, somebody has done you wrong once, and they are written out of your life. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, for what? Well, they stole a pack of gum. Right. Okay. Or you know. Somebody said that they said something about something about somebody else that really upset me, so I'm not going to have anything yeah. to do with them because somebody said something about something that somebody said. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been there, right? Yeah, I mean, it, and I've been on both ends of that. I've done it, and I've been on the opposite end of it. I'm like, I don't even know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think one of the biggest ones, and we kind of touched on this a minute ago, is they don't have a representative. They don't, yeah. They, yeah, and you, you I think don't that's see a that. big one. If we could live as little amount of our time and our representative, we're going to see the little things. We're going to stop being so busy, and we're going to live in the normal a lot more. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people live in the representative. And oh, I think sure. some people have lost who they are because they've lived so much in their representative. 
And I think that's society induced and choices that people you. make. But you gotta you gotta back up and and figure out who you are and what you value and and not live in your representative. Well, another thing that they do is as shown on this list is they don't limit their dreams. Right, yeah, I mean they, they have don't. A very curiosity. Yeah, very big, and it, I mean their imaginations go wild. And sure, I mean we we all understand as adults some things are just harder. As a child, you you say you want to be an astronaut, but you don't actually know what goes into being an astronaut. Right. You just think it's cool. But why do you limit your dreams now, whatever those are? And I guarantee you, they're different than what you were when you were a kid. Right. And I think on this one, we need to remember that. You know, we're focusing on what we can learn from our kids, and we need to remember that our kids learn everything from us. Oh, everything, yeah. So, you need to pay attention to what you're saying and what you're doing, because they are. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a little discipline in life, but a lot more love will go a lot further than, I guess, putting your kids down for whatever dreams they want to do. Right, exactly. And remember that defining those little things that make them them or make us us is just that, right? You've got to be okay with... The little things, the normal things, they are really good with that, right? They are. They are great with that. So number four, think about what you will miss. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. And when we say think about what you will miss, is this things that you'll miss when we uh, finally go to the big house in the sky? I mean, what are we talking about here? Well, I think it could be big scale that or just little things of you know how much do we not appreciate those people in our life that once they're gone then we miss them terribly and that's how i took it was what are the things that you have right now that you're not appreciating that you'd miss okay Uh, she had a quote that said right now you're blessed to be weaving the threads of your story so don't rush it Mm. i thought that was interesting and i found research on missing missing people mm-hmm. <laughs> this i had never read this before i'd never looked this up before but it was really interesting it said that when we love someone or get joy or even just kind of any kind of repetition with someone that it releases a chemical in the brain and then when we're not there but something triggers a memory or a thought it releases the same chemical that now causes us pain and we miss them. That's why we miss people is because we have some memory or feeling that then releases a good chemical. And when something reminds us of them, then it releases that. But now it's painful. Well, that's interesting. Oh, that is interesting. The, the research said that when you're insecure or if the person is someone that you respected the qualities that, that maybe they made you smile or that even that maybe you have that electric connection with. These people will trigger even more chemical release, and you're going to miss them even more. So wow. people that you know you really love, you really care for, when you miss them, they're, it actually releases higher levels of chemicals because the memories are so much more powerful and the feelings were powerful. So that it actually is a physical reaction. Missing someone is actually a physical reaction that takes place in the brain. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, so, I, I, I think it's... A valuable thing that we could do is just think about if this person wasn't in your life anymore, how would you feel? Because you can do that. I mean, and Any, for anything, for right? anything, person, product, anything. If that wasn't what would would you miss them? Would you miss it? Yeah, and I think that's. A good I think idea. it comes back, even though she says, you know, think about what you'll miss. For me, I only reason why I would want to think about what I would miss is because I want to have gratitude for it now, and appreciate it now. 
and not wait until uh, it's gone and then all that sorrow coming through of, boy, I wish I had, and the regret that comes with that and so forth. So appreciate what you have and... Celebrate the norm. Exactly. (laughs) The next was ask your kids. So again, more than just kids, I added this of um, those people in your life... That what you what they see those little things that matter. Mm-hmm. So not just kids, but paying attention to asking people what values to them, what matters to them, how how to get them to slow down with you. I agree. Right? I think that's a good idea. I mean, being able to join in in the fun and festivities of a memory is much better than doing it alone. Right. So exactly. getting them on board, I think, is very important. We did a show a few weeks ago called Story versus Stigma, uh-huh. and we talked about living a good story. So this kind of went along with this, I thought, that a Harvard neurologist found that the human brain loves a good story. People want a story, not just a quote. Uh, Samantha Harrigan wrote an article for Forbes magazine that gave three ways to get people to tell you their story. So I thought this was kind of interesting. And it says, number one is to express genuine interest in the person's point of view. So yeah. the view of the person. So, and it was very Dale, hard in this time. <laughs> it is. Well, Dale Carnegie said, you make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can have in two years by trying to get them interested in you. <laughs> so that really came That's along very with true. Thing. Yeah, when you're asking people, when you're trying to get people to tell you their story, it really is about being interested in them. Right. The mm-hmm. next was we learn from others when we get them to tell and to share their story. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a way of being loving by seeing them and letting them be seen through their story. We all want to tell our story, right? We Not all sure want either. our story to matter. And I think we find more purpose and more matter when people are interested in our story. So giving back of that, of getting other people and to express interest in other people and having them tell their story is a way of seeing them. I agree with you. I think that, and I think I learned that from Susan Schumacher. She's out there listening. I mean, it, it the art of conversation is very important to be able to enjoy each other's company. Yes, definitely. And conversations are way better than interrogations. Aren't they though? Right? You know, I mean, how many times have you been in a, in a conversation with somebody or felt like it was, you know, they're asking you question after question. So it's not like they're necessarily interested. They're just drilling you with questions. Right. Uh, well, why is it that way? Well, could you see it being in a different way? Well, why is he, you know, okay, I get where you're coming from. It's a way of thinking that you're interested, but that's not a conversation. Right. You're right. That's an interrogation. Conversations are reciprocal. It was interesting because I've been looking this stuff up. I read a a really interesting article that talked about the symbolism of being reciprocal. And it said that conversations and the symbolism are like a game of catch, right? Words are exchanged between two people, like throwing one out and the other person catching them and talking back and forth with keywords and topics um, or maybe even a comment and then responses and questions. So, like, if you think about a conversation should be like a game of catch. You kind of throw it to the other person. They catch it. They, you know, manipulate the ball a little bit and they throw it back to you. That's how a reciprocal conversation to take place. Absolutely. It's a give and take. I mean, you, and when you move on from a subject, move on from a subject. Stop trying to get back to it. Right. You know, it, that's one of those things I've learned is just go with the flow of the conversation. So it is. It's very reciprocal. Uh, the six in her list is be quiet and listen. Well, that's going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you seeing and hearing right now? I think is a good thing to 
take a listen to. I mean, I mean, literally, if people can hear the birds outside of our windows. But if you're quiet and you listen, and then listen to hear, not to respond. Right? That, that, is that is the hard, hardest but thing it to is do. so true that, and that's where we stop listening. And because all we want to do is respond, especially if we're heated in an argument, right? Mm-hmm. All we, we're not we're not hearing to listen. We're hearing <clears throat> to respond. Well, how many times are you sitting over there responding to something that was spoken ten minutes ago? You right. have literally sat on that sucker for ten minutes, and you're going to respond to that. Everything that that other person has said for the last ten minutes, you didn't hear because you're responding to this thing. Right. What? Exactly. And I think that you know we've talked a lot about that in other shows about different ways of effective listening and paying attention and your body language and, and those type of things. So really pay attention and listen to people. And the easiest way to listen is to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you can't listen when you're talking. No. <laughs> the seventh on her list is to remember. And that's all it said was remember. So I wasn't quite sure exactly where she was going with that. I did find a list of the 10 most important things to remember in life. So I thought that maybe fit with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, the first of number one is nobody's perfect, right? Everybody makes mistakes. And like Mother Teresa said, you have to love them where they are anyway. Uh, the second, not everyone will like you. Sometimes no matter how hard you try, people are just not going to like you. And when they don't like you, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? That people that really matter won't need a reason to like you. They just will. It makes thing. sense. Fourth is always be genuine. Again, that's hard. Again, especially when you're coming out to... Other people that maybe don't like you, it's hard not to bring your representative and be genuine. Uh, The fifth was focus on yourself every once in a while. Again, we've done shows on self-care. The sixth, take a deep breath. Everything gets better in time. And know if you're in a long-term or short-term problem that you talk about all the time, take a deep breath, figure it out. Know do you need to respond or what you need to do or not do and just Mm -hmm. move through it. Be supportive. That would always help. Pay attention to others. See other people for who they are. Don't take life too seriously. This is a really hard one for me. I fail at this daily. <laughs> Have fun. Be silly. Again, being silly is not necessarily an easy thing for me. Spend time with people that make you feel good and laugh. That's always good advice. It is. The ninth is know that you're loved. That's, That's a tough, tough one. one. Yeah. That's a tough one. And tenth, which I found was interesting, was say your prayers. So whatever hmm. that means to you. That gives you peace of mind and whatever, say your prayers. I think it goes back to gratitude, really. I mean, if you say your prayers, your prayers should be of gratitude, right? Right, absolutely. So let's talk about number eight, being intentional. We've said this in a lot of shows, and I don't think that we can say it enough, really. I think it's really hard. I think you got to know who you are and what you stand for. Mm -hmm. I think you need to know your core values, which I think both of those things, some people just don't. Uh, they've gotten a beat out of them or they've been in their representative so long they really don't know who they are, what they stand for. There's one easy way to see what things you value in your life and that is where do you spend your time, where do you spend your talent, and where do you spend your money. You're right. Those yep. are going to tell you what you focus on and where you put your value. Um, another one is where do you shop and what values do they support? Do you you know, support locally owned businesses? And another thing is, you know, again, where you spend your time, that really is going to tell you what you value and who you value, who you spend your time with. Well, and and again, for me, I think when you say be intentional, it also means, you know, be in the moment. So when you're saying being intentional, then do be intentional on everything that you do. 
I, I, don't get me wrong. I know it's hard, like I say, when I'm sitting there watching YouTube for, you know, two hours. That's not being intentional other than me wasting time. But if you are at work or if you are at play or if you are wherever you are, if you're with your children, be intentional. Be there. Uh, yep. I you agree. know, and I and you'll see a whole new world open up because then you're conscious of everything that's being done around you. Totally agree. And I think that that is, is really hard sometimes to be intentional. Mm-hmm. But I, and I oh. think it takes intention. I think it takes, intention. yeah, it takes intention. <laughs> and it takes a lot of practice. The ninth on this list is to practice gratitude. If can't we just say, say enough, yeah, I can't, can't say, say it enough. enough. Gratitude allows us to stay in the present moment to really see the good of the past. That helps us to believe that there's a possibility of a good in the future. I think that's that's my interpretation of gratitude anyway, when you stay in that place. Again, that you can't have loneliness and gratitude taking up the same space in, right. your, in your mind and in your feelings and in your intentions. You, you, they just, I don't think they can occupy the same space. Exactly. So if you are in a state of hopelessness, Flip that around and focus on the things that you can be grateful for. I agree. I, and I think that this is very important for people to understand. If you are in gratitude, things will come to you. Because I promise you, if you are a person that really envies, and we've had a show oh, about yeah. that, of somebody's fortune or uh, skill levels or whatever it is, and you turn around and you are around them, they go, well, you know, it must be nice to have that big house. It must be nice to know these skills. It must be nice that you went to college. I promise you that person will not waste one second on you. Right. That, well, because it really tears you down. But yeah, it really is... A negative place to be. It is, because I think most people, when they hear that, at least for me, I'm walking away from that because I don't want to waste my time explaining anything. I'm not going to be on the defensive here, you know what I'm right. saying? But if you came at somebody, again, going back to listening, if you're really interested, most people will tell you anything that you want to know. A millionaire will tell you how they became a millionaire because they love talking about how they became right, a millionaire. Exactly. And remember that gratitude, it blocks negative emotions... Fights negative feelings and sure leaves does. no room for envy, resentment, or regret if Absolutely. you are living in a state of gratitude. And people are willing to be around you when you're in a state of gratefulness. I mean, how many, how often have you been around somebody that never had done anything that you gave them the experience of doing? Whether that's kayaking, going, or like for me, it would have been going to Havasupai Falls. I had never in my life thought I would do something like that. And, you know, you made that happen, and it was an experience, and to be grateful for that, and to be able to experience that with other people, it was... It was, it was wonderful. So if you can live your life in some sort of gratitude, and again, it takes practice like we talk about in every show. And sometimes you have to be very intentional. <laughs> we all get in really bad places in our life. Yes. So we have to be intentional in our gratitude. But I promise you, if, if you are in gratitude of things, things will come to you. Yeah. It cannot not come to you. You know, when you live in a place of gratitude, you're physically going to feel better. Yep. You're going to be healthier. You're going to live longer. You're going to have a, a better sense of self-worth. Absolutely. There's no way you can't. So let's do the drum roll. Number 10. Number 10 is... Make it a habit. Oh, good Get a whole one. show on habits. Yes, that was did. a powerful show. We both learned a lot in that show. Um, basically, a habit is just a regular tendency that is a form of repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, most people say 21 days. We found out in our research it's actually 66 days yep. it takes to change a habit. 
But whatever you do and repetition is what you have created to be a habit. And it usually is very subconscious. Yeah. And I got to say that we do put a negative condensation on habits because we had just assumed that habits are bad. But there's a right. lot of habits that are good. Right. You getting up every morning at 5.30 a.m. to go work out is a good, good habit. habit. Right, exactly. So, habits I mean, of eating. Some people yep. have very good eating habits. Some people, like us, have poor eating habits. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm probably going to eat a pizza on the way home. No, I mean, <laughs> right. but I mean, it is true. I, yeah. We have to think about habits as a good thing or a bad thing or just a thing. It is a simple repetition of doing something. Right. So if we want it to be a good thing, at least for us, then we need to practice that. Be conscious of that. Be habitual about that. So then that way we can change it for us. Yep, exactly. And that's going to help with the gratitude. That's going to help with staying in the normal. It's going to help us with slowing down and being less busy. All these things that we've talked about that are the little things that really do make the biggest difference in our life. And yes, and they are little steps that we can do over and over and over again until we get where we want to be in life, wherever that is. So there you have it. You got another tool in your toolbox, 10 ways to start seeing the little things in life, right? That's right. So, I mean, I don't think that we need to add any more to that because we got the 10 things, right? (laughs) There you go. So we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com or any of the podcast platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search Living on Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like and let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.